the Mindset Athlete Podcast, and I'm your host, James Roberts. I'm a two-time Paralympian and owner of James Robert Fitness, which is an online training, nutrition, and mindset coaching business. First of all, I'd like to thank Lauren Williams for suggesting this quote to the show. An athlete is a mindset. It's how you prepare, think, and execute. Not because of some elite status or physical stature. Anybody can be an athlete. By Chris Hart. And each week on the Mindset Athlete, we like to bring you inspirational athletes, a message, or experts talking about human optimization to teach you how to change your perception of your mindset and become 1% better. And on today's show, I've got a very special guest, Donnie Boyvan. He's the host of Success Champions. So welcome onto the show, Donnie. Hey, brother. Thanks for having me on here. I'm looking forward to sitting down, chatting with you, harassing you, and just having a good time with you and your audience. Oh, that's a first, then, being harassed. <laughs> <laughs> so before we delve into today's episode, Donnie, uh, beyond the initial introduction that I gave you, what is some little gem per se that my audience doesn't know about you? Um, couple of things. I'm have one of the top podcasts in the world. Um, so if you guys are listening to podcasts, show success champions, I don't, it's in 127 countries right now and growing. We're having a lot of fun with that. United States Marine, um, coach consultant. I love captain Morgan rum. Um, I, you know, a lot of people are often surprised to hear that I run a full working farm and run a full business, you know, so we've got goats, chickens, ducks, uh, tractors, and, and it's a, a fun lifestyle running a business, running a podcast, uh, running a very successful Facebook group, um, and still running a full-time farm. And my office is actually on my brother's farm in my parents' cabin in the backside of the acreage. Because my farm's so far out, I can't get internet service. Uh, so I got to come closer in the town to, you know, get everything. Uh, I get internet and everything else. So a couple little fun nuggets. No, very different to, to the norm that I, that I definitely hear. But having, <laughs> the, having the opportunity to get the information firsthand before probably you, the listeners. And, and, and I'm going beyond that, Donnie, in terms of, you working and that is something I even didn't know uh, from that working environment within a farm. Is is it not doing to doing with the livestock at all either though? Because be, with you being in Texas, you, most people associate that kind <laughs> yeah. of that kind of lifestyle. Yeah, anytime I go overseas and speak, or, or you know, I even go outside of Texas and the U.S., they all think we win, wear ten gallon hats. And although I do wear cowboy boots, um, uh, I don't even own a cowboy hat. Um, but, but, uh, you know, it was interesting about the farming lifestyle for me is, you know, what, most of my career, I spent 20 years in the sales game. Um, I didn't talk about growing up on a farm and most of my sales career was spent living in suburbia. Um, you know, living kind of that more suburban lifestyle. And I know when I hit corporate America, I had a gentleman, vice president of a company, you know, pulled me to the side. Um, I was first breaking into sales and he said, Donnie, he goes, you know, one thing I need you to do is lose the twang and never say the word y'all. And I looked at him confused for a second and I said, why? And he said, you know, because it's never going to get you anywhere in corporate America. As soon as you sound like a hillbilly, they're going to be treated like a hillbilly. Um, and he wasn't wrong. So I fought really, really, really hard to lose the accent, um, to lose the phrase y'all. And, you know, I, I mean, prior to that, I mean, up from between the ages like five and 11, I mean, I grew up on a 500 acre farm where we had cattle and horses and, you know, 4-H and all that kind of stuff. But I didn't tell anybody about that because I was so scared that if they found that out, that I would look dumb in that, in that corporate space. 
So it took a number of years um, for me to even share that with people because I was living that high profile sales guy, you know, lifestyle where it was the nice clothes, you know, the, the certain style of dress, certain style of hair, you know. Um, and it took me quite a number of years to, to let my hair down, you know, on that journey because I didn't think people wanted to do business with me, they only wanted to do business with the perception of who I was at that point. If that but, makes sense. But here, but hearing you say that, Donnie, and obviously the the connection to be it that precursor and and probably assumption of every Texan looks a certain way is obviously because of the program Dallas. But why is there that form of I'm going to call it prejudice? Because that's what it is, uh, in those certain terms, towards that. Because if you look at the, well, you, you, yeah, I should clarify. At the time, I wasn't living in Texas when this was told okay, to me, okay. right? So I was living in St. Louis, Missouri, um, working for a Fortune One company at that point. So it was, you know, not suit and ties, but it was definitely ties and button downs and slacks. So it was way far removed. But even in the the Dallas Fort Worth culture, you can only throw it so far, right? You, you in certain circles, you don't. Um, I go. It's, it's a horrible analogy, but there's a movie Tropic Thunder, where Robert Downey Jr. portrays a black guy on there, and uh, and there's a phrase in that movie where they're talking about Sean Penn and his role where he plays a disabled you know, guy and the, I'm not saying these words it's just what was said in the movie. And he said, you know, Sean Penn's problem is you went full retard. You never go full retard in the movie. And I hate that phrase. So let me clarify that. But, but uh, in, even in, in the Dallas forward marketplace where we, there are more of your rancher to CEO type people, you never go full hillbilly. Right. That's just kind of that for that, that, that thought process because of in certain circles, you know, you may not be perceived well. It was all perception. It wasn't truth. It was just my truth because I was told at a young age that that was the case. And let me also clarify, he was saying it to protect my then projected rise and I, you know, it, it's one thing to be in St. Louis and fly to New York to be into a sales conversation. And when you get to New York, they don't expect a guy from St. Louis to say y'all, right? So there probably wasn't the level of prejudice that I was portraying, but because that's what I was told, that was my, became my belief. So I didn't want anybody to know um, and what's unfortunate about that is, is trying to hide that fact allowed me to find myself in a lot of transactional sales deals. There wasn't no relationships because I wasn't my authentic self. I was putting on this kind of mask of who, who I wanted people to believe I was. And it really wasn't, I didn't see big sales success and all I've seen success throughout my own entire sales career, but big success once I went back to my roots and became that more authentic self, it was, it's, was quite telling the difference in relationships I built and uh, sales careers and the things I accomplished. Once I went back to my blue jean roots and even now doesn't matter the stage that I'm on, you're going to see me coming in a short sleeve button down of blue jeans. I mean, that's just who I am. Um, and how I carry myself. And what's funny about that is I feel like I've come full circle and, and now let people know where I'm, where I come from. Uh, I gave a speech a few months back and I always ask for feedback from the crowd, right? I always want to hear what their lessons learned, their takeaways are. That's the trainer coming out of me. And this guy at the very end, he looked at me and he goes, Donnie, I loved your information. It was so knowledgeable because I love your energy. I love your passion. I love your message. I love everything you do it. He goes, but you dress too damn casual for me. And I was like, all right, not my audience. <laughs> oh, but it's, it's all about for me putting out that real front, that real message and, and really who I am. And I think, 
you know, all the things that I'm doing now from speaking on stages, podcasting and, and everything has really, really, really helped me accomplish that a lot, if that makes sense. And do you think in your opinion, do you think athletes per se, certain people within society kind of utilize that mask as somewhat of a front to survive in a certain arena? Yeah, I, I absolutely. Um, I had the privilege of interviewing um, uh, Chad Hennings on my podcast, a Dallas Cowboy uh, tight end during the Aikman, Emmett Smith years, you know, Michael Irvin years in the early 90s. And, uh, you know, the one thing that he said, even though he was a, a fighter pilot, he flew warthogs in the Air Force, um, was a mountain of a man, huge guy, and made it all the way to Dallas Cowboys, took them all, all the way to the Super Bowl, the whole nine yards. He even said there that sometimes he worried about bringing out that country nature so much that he put up more on the role of the jock, mm-hmm. you know, if you will, versus, you know, so he didn't use the words hid behind that jock personality, you know, phrase, but I can tell you from an outside perspective, watching what he's doing now with his careers and his business and stuff, he's still leveraging that football celebrityness to open the doors and everything else to try and portray the businessman, if you will. So I think a lot of, you know, athletes and whatnot use, and in his words, use what you got, right? And if that's going to open the doors, use that it's remembering to take it off. You know, if it gets you in the door, you know, with that celebrity status, cool, right? If you've had the success, but at some point you've got to take off the celebrity and get down to business and go have a real conversation. Um, But as he said it, if somebody wants to buy you a thousand dollar dinner to meet a Dallas Cowboy, you meet, you go to dinner and then you figure out how to turn it into a business conversation. (laughs) Well, I think it's like we were talking about off air. It's that leverage. It's using yeah. the, like, I'll use your words exactly, is using what you've got and then going from there. And I think this is where I think maybe athletes themselves don't think about that. And I'll use myself included in the conversation as, oh, to, good. What, as to what we spoke <laughs> about uh, in terms of, because I think they they are so narrowly focused on be it what in a sense is a short career, no matter what sport you do or um, uh, what endeavor that you're going to go into, because it's going to be over in a split a split of a second, uh, and you never you don't know what's around the corner. So okay, you don't want to ever think like that because what you think is what you're going to get. What you're going to get yeah. does use like law of attraction. Uh, but you do need to be prepared of the, uh, uh, I can't say the word of the uh, inevitable and the eventuality of, of something coming to an end and obviously life after sport and case in point to what we were talking about. Obviously my mind is slightly different, but you need to be looking at obviously, well, for the younger generation, it's slightly a little bit easier. I would say it's leveraging social media, uh, you can to a certain extent manipulate it for your embetterment. And I don't even know if that's a word, but I'll use, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll use it. Uh to to be able to showcase the best of yourself. But but coming back to your case in point in terms of leveraging the real you. And that's that's I think everybody even even some my clients specifically have said what sold it for us is the authenticity of you being you. You're not going to mask away from the fact that you may have overcome adversity. You may have overcome whatever it is, hurdle, wall, however you want to call it to get to where you are. Okay. In my eyes, how I see it, they won't because that's how the environment I was brought up upon. You are, kind of a mentality sink or swim it's probably very old school in terms of it's like well okay we'll, we'll show throw you to sharks if you survive you survive right. if you don't you don't where whereas that's probably why i've got that kind of 
I won't call it killer instinct like you were talking about as you're going to go for the juggler. Mine's probably a little bit more reserved in certain environments, certain fields of maybe where I find it comfortable to be that person. I will go for, I won't say go for the throat, but if you, you do enact uh, like we were talking about in a off air in terms of waking up the Hulk, it's going to come out. You, you open the beast. Uh, you could call it um, using another probably movie analogy, probably like werewolf or twilight or something like that. Be it. You no, are, no, no sparkly vampires. <laughs> <laughs> but you woken up a beast that yeah. I'm comfortable to go to what some people would call a negative state of, of being, be it very much um, angry, uh, pragmatic. Okay, we'll call it frustrated, but you are, you're comfortable with that within the normal being of day-to-day living. Yep. That's not acceptable. Well, you know, what's interesting is, you know, growing up, one of my best friend's little brother did Special Olympics. Uh, he had a learning disability um, where he was physically an age, but mentally about 10 years behind that. Um, it was never officially diagnosed with anything, so which has always been odd to us. But um, did Special Olympics, and his brother, who was my best friend growing up, um, was a little guy, um, but always played, you know, this offensive line in football. And the coaches knew with, with my buddy Joe, they're like, they would, I mean, I would see him at games. They'd walk up to him and tell Joe, get pissed off, get mad, get frustrated. Cause they knew if they got him all riled up and pissed off, that he would start cracking skulls on the football field. And I'm talking American style football, just for the record. Um, but cause I love making fun of whatever the hell you guys call it. Um, <laughs> but, but, it's interesting when his little brother was doing special Olympics and was doing track and field and stuff, Joe would go up and try and do the same tactics on him, right? He'd try and get him to go, okay, you know, Andy, get pissed off, get mad, get anything else. And all Andy would do is get frustrated because he wasn't built that same, you know, same way, same mentality. He wasn't being authentic to himself in that moment. He'd always underperform. And it took a couple of us finally to pull Joe aside and like, look, dude, he's just not built like you. You can't encourage him like that. And I say all that to say is for some people, they move through life and they do the Jekyll and Hyde, the, the werewolf thing, the, the Bruce Banner. And, I think for a lot of people, there, and we'll go with Bruce Brandon and the Incredible Hulk, is is most people are moving through life with Bruce Banner, which is they're going to overthink, they're going to overanalyze, they're not going to pull the trigger, um, they're going to they're going to think too much, and they're going to play life safe until they flip the switch somehow and bring out the Incredible Hulk and just start kicking in freaking doors. Both of those can be your authentic truth and message, right? They can both be your story out there in the marketplace, but you've got to figure out which one empowers you and which one holds you back, you know, along that ride and put that authentic foot forward. If that makes sense. Would you say it's a case of using slightly, if we use Bruce Banner as the logic and Bruce Banner as the story to be able to get your point across? Yeah, it could be. Um, I'm not big on the logic guys because they drive me up a damn wall because they can't ever make a damn decision. Um, you know, I'm a guy that would rather let's make a decision. Something's going to break. Can I cuss on the show? I didn't even ask you. All right, cool. Um, so the logic guys, they're, they're too worried about fucking something up if, to pull the trigger. So I think, you know, the story guy is kind of fun depending on which story line you're going off of. But for me, give me the Incredible Hulk. I just want him to kick in the freaking door and, and let's go break some shit and see what happens. You know, if that, you know, because I think most times people are, I don't know, analysis paralysis, waiting for the world to show up for them, you know, um, versus trying to take a massive risk. And I think, you know, if you were in sports, you know, during that time, you took a ton of risk on the field, on the court, in the boat, pole, pool, water, whatever. You took massive risk on a regular basis. You didn't play it safe. You didn't follow the book. You follow, followed instinct. Maybe it was repetitious instinct, right? 
but you took massive, massive risk on a regular basis. Once you get beyond that, that career of success and that, that moment of fame of getting that ribbon, the medal, the trophy, whatever the fuck you got, right. You almost, it's like you went from this pool to this pool and you know how everything works in this pool, right? You know how to kick ass and crush it and dominate it and, and do everything you need to do. Well, now you're in this whole new pool and there's obstacles and shit in the way. And it's, and it's like, you're just floundering. Well, most people will go to the Bruce banner and they start thinking, right? They're like, okay, there's this obstacle. What could I do? How do I maneuver? What should I think about? How should I pull the trigger? What should I, and they're getting all confuddled because they're thinking when in truth, they should be incredible Hulk and just start slamming into shit, right? They get, they move. There's an obstacle. Okay. That obstacle sucks. How do I get around a cool smash into the next thing? Right. And just keep moving forward so they can figure out the path. This isn't my phrase, but I love it. Every time life gets hard, all that means is you just fucking leveled up and now you got to learn this whole new level and all the, the weapons the guns the gears, all the shit that comes with it, right? You've got to learn that level. And then eventually that, that level will become your new baseline of easy. Now you got to go smash into new shit. So the problem I find with a lot of athletes is they don't know how to go smash into the new shit because from, two years old to their thirties, all they've done is sports. It's all they know. And instead of thinking, how can they apply all that shit that they've been learning over the years to start crushing it in life, they define themselves by past successes. Like the guys who are still living that one game in high school, you know, all the way through, they're not, you know, hulking out to, to go, you know, figure out what they really want to be when they grow up or what they want to get out of life. So they're just playing it safe and nobody gets where you want to go by playing it safe. Do you think it's to a certain extent, it's built on a part of like you were saying, living in nostalgia at a certain extent, I use an old saying because some younger people that listen to this show might even not know what a videotape is. Highlight <laughs> <laughs> <like> reel. <laughs> uh, going from that basis as in their mind, they're playing that tape over and over again. Let me put it in, in into the VCR. Uh, I'll put it the analogy of what to say. So nowadays it'd be an MP4. <laughs> right. It'd be YouTube now, wouldn't it? Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> And, and going uh, for everybody to see. But do you think it's, oh, how would I put it? Not getting over the fact that maybe that, oh, trying to not put it in a rude way, but I not oh, got over okay. that, that, that hype of, I'll probably use myself as easier and I'm not offending anybody because it's, it's, it's looking <laughs> in the mirror. Um, you are, I'll put it from this way: you, 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 until you put you put your accomplishment on paper, you play it down, and 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 okay, you can envision and visualize reliving that euphoria. I'll put it as, and it you get a kick out of it. Yeah, I I think a lot of people, and I've never been the sports guy, right? So I, I've never hit that high level of performance. Now you put me in a sales arena and I'll, I'll sell most people, but, but I've, I've not had that, that sports achievement type thing. So uh, some of mine I say is based off an assumption, but um, I know a lot of people and we'll go sales and I'll bring it back to sports. A lot of times in sales, if somebody closes a big ass sales deal, like they're number one ever in their career, 90% of salespeople will stop selling, right? Because they feel like I've done it. I've accomplished what I set out to achieve, right? And I don't know if I could handle more if I were to win more business, right? So it's this very much um, uh, playing from fear mentality or what I talk about all the time is playing defense in life, 
they're protecting what they have versus growing their life by playing offense. I think a lot of people, if I were to correlate that over to sports, I get the feeling that a lot of these guys and gals, you know, hit this big achievement in their life, you know, won the medals, won the awards. And in their head, they're playing this, this tape back, you know, using your words, this YouTube video highlight reel back saying, you know, this is as best it's going to get, right? I'll never get back to that level. And what they haven't embraced is that level should be their base, because it's that level that's going to be back to the original thing, the leverage for them to do all the things they want to do moving forward. And because their self-worth is determined by that particular achievement, they don't have anything else to aim at. They don't have anything else to, to go for. And I haven't coached or you know consulted a lot of athletes over the years but I do know that, and you said it by writing the story down, but by, by following the hero's journey path, and if people don't know what the hero's journey path is, they should go YouTube, the hero's journey. Um, but, but by becoming the guide where you go and you teach your lessons and you teach what you've learned and bring it back to others, you can start finding fulfillment again, which is what most people are looking for. Um, and it's not so much the accolades, although most athletes enjoy the limelight of some sort and they like being told, you know, Hey, you know, you're that guy that did that thing. Right. You know, um, and, and they thrive off of that. But at the end of the day, they're looking for fulfillment and fulfillment usually comes by teaching others how they can go for it and chase their dreams and those type of things. So, so, Quit looking at your own personal highlight reel. And I'm not speaking directly to you, Jan, I'm speaking to everybody, but you know, people need to stop, you know, looking at their 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 own highlight reel and start looking at how can they help others create their highlight reels. And I know offline you and I talked about Shaquille O'Neal and the brilliance behind what he's done and how he's accomplished twenty million times more off the court than he ever did on, on the court. Um, and he's leveraged that celebrity status to build an empire of businesses that will take care of his families from generations to come. And I think if more people would embrace that knowledge, then they would go further. And then let me put one more spin on it. Being a former United States Marine, um, a lot of guys struggle when they get out of the military. Because all they know is that military lifestyle, just same as, as athletes do, right? They, they, they've only known that for their career and everything else. What I tell most of those military guys when they get out is fuck trying to get a CEO, president type job. Go get a shit job and work as hard as you did as an athlete, as you did as a military, and fucking climb and fast as hard as you did. Because the... Uh, Military guys, these athletes, they always outpace everybody else because they got fucking grit and gumption. That tenacity to freaking just keep pushing through when everybody else wants to give up. You bring that fight to the game and you will fucking move mountains. But but it's most times they're too worried about living those glory days versus going for it in life. But I would argue with you, Donnie, in terms of you talking about that the, you, you haven't lived the, the athletic lifestyle. I would say the military one's even more. It's, it's more cutthroat. It's life or death. <laughs> <laughs> True. I mean, there, there, there is absolute truth in that, but we're not done. It's not done on stage, right? So a lot of times the heroic moments, the, the, um, Things that people would find impressive and, and whatnot aren't done in front of 30,000 people, right? They're not done in front of 20 people, right? So, I mean, for the first time in history, there was just a video release of the first time ever they caught uh, um, uh, a Medal of Honors actions on film, right? And, I mean, the, the guy got two Medal of Honor for charging shit and saving his entire crew, 
And unfortunately he lost his life in, in the process. But I mean, we've been at war for how many years and this is the first time a Medal of Honor recipient's ever been caught on tape. I mean, so, so yes, there are some amazing military badasses and heroes and things out there, but nobody sees it. So the difference being is, is your friends and maybe some family members may know some of the great achievements and things that people have done, but we're, they're not living the glory days. And the, and the flip side of it is you talk the mental health side of it as well you know, the, the horrifying things that come from making those achievements as well. So, um, but, but even so is that that's the best of, of, of that they know it's very hard to transition and move on to something else when that's all, you know, and that's your only world. Same thing for the sports guys is they just got to level up and take on that next adventure. Well, I find that in it, Hulk, that you talk about. So in, term, in terms of that, do you think it's it's not necessary having, and this will definitely challenge one of my questions within later in the show, it's not a changing mindset or challenging, is it? it it's, it's leveraging where you're at, per se, that's got you where you've got them. Yeah, and, and I, love, I love the thought process of leverage because I think it has a lot to do with life. But, you know, it's also about leveling up because I'm a firm believer that the person you are right now is not who you need to become to get where you want to go. And I'll say that again, just so I can get to, the person you are now is not who you need to be to get where you want to go. And the reason being is the person you are now got you here. You've got to level up. And the only way to level up is go get punched in the face by life and do it again. I mean, Rocky Balboa, in my opinion, has got the best quote of all time. And, and the quote is simply this, life is not how hard you hit, but how hard you can take a hit and keep moving forward. And, and you know, athletes are the worst for knowing how to beat the shit out of something to win, right? Whether it be their mind, their opponent, their, their whatever else, you know, they know how to fight to win, right? So they're used to punching hard. But Mike Tyson says it best. Everybody has a plan until a punch square in the fucking nose. Right. You know, and, and that's the trick is when they're done with sports, it's like somebody hauled off and knocked them in the freaking nose and they're sitting on an eight count and they're deciding, do I get up and fight one more fucking round or do I throw in the damn towel? And the people that make it figure it out, excuse me, and go for it. Are the ones who are like, fuck you, I ain't down. Hold my beer and watch this shit. We've got another 13 rounds in us. And, and I think that comes from leveraging what you've done, what you've accomplished. But I think that also comes from, you know, lighting that internal fire inside your ass and saying, right, I choose my own battle. This whole life is choose your own adventure. I'm fixing to choose mine and move forward. And, you know, it's, it's, it goes back to the Rocky phrase. Can you take it on the chin and keep stepping forward? And I think maybe that's where most people don't want to do that. But I think it's something within an athletic mind and probably to a certain extent military, militaristic one as well. Something's not quite right upstairs. To be willing to to go to be to be punched in the face repeatedly, uh, and and what are some of the things I've heard down the line? But but I think I'll paraphrase and I use my own terminology: be barbaric, uh, insanity. Um, some of the crazy things that I've heard. Well, I mean, but but even take entrepreneurs into the mix. I mean, look at these entrepreneurs: never served in the military, never were an athlete. But if you were to sit down and talk to a lot of these guys, a tr- okay, entrepreneur is a buzzword right now. Everybody's this fucking entrepreneur. It drives me nuts, okay? Um, a real entrepreneur is a nut job. They're batshit crazy, right? They're constantly willing to bet to farm. They're constantly willing to, to do shit that nobody else has ever even thought about doing. I mean, you look at a guy like Steve Jobs and his plan was to change the world and he put a fucking huge dent into it, right? 
you know, so, you know, Elon Musk, fucking Jeff Bezos, the everything store. I mean, I know it became Amazon, but it started off as the everything store. He wanted an online platform that he could sell literally everything. He just happened to start it all with books. And now the fucker's the richest man in the world. But because he's fucking nuts, no sane person would even start that journey. So athletes are fucking prime to do something batshit crazy because they've done it their entire career. They just got to remember that they're back to fucking Little League. They're back to peewee football, right? And, and you, I mean, somebody that's played college ball has got, what, 20 years of sports under their belt? No wonder they were a badass. Somebody that's got all the way to the fucking Olympics, same thing. You know, they're almost 18 years before, you know, they hit the big shows and all that stuff. Fuck, don't throw in the, the NFL. I mean, now you're 20, 30 years of fucking crushing it. And, you know, they are more worried about what people would think about them if they were to start over and go back to peewee and then grinding it out. Then they, so they choose not to because they're more worried about what people will think about them when instead they should just say, fuck it. I don't care what people think. Let me go learn this. And oh, by the way, I've already done a lot of this shit, so I'm going to shortcut the fuck out of it as, along the way because I know how to get punched in the face. And yeah, that shit hurts, but I kept stepping forward for 18, 20, 30 fucking years. Now I'm going to do it again. Oh, but by the way, I've also got this thing in my back pocket that says, hey, I won this. Maybe we should sit down and talk or let's go have lunch. Let me tell you about my journey to this trophy, this award, this medal, this whatever else and leverage the fuck out of it versus going, that was my highlight reel. That was it, right? Use it. Use it as a tool to move the fuck forward and 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 you'll be amazed. Go back to fucking Chad Hennings. If somebody wants to take me out to a $1,000 dinner, you damn right I'm going to go to dinner. At some point in that conversation, we're going to talk business, right? Use it and, and just know that, and I'll use football because I know that better than most sports. The first time you stepped on that peewee football field, you had no fucking clue. I mean, if you've ever watched a little peewee football field, as soon as the ball is hiked, you got 30 kids running, you know, in a circle, not knowing which direction to go. It's just like that when you get out of, out of the sports, out of military, whatever else. You just got to realize the game just leveled up. You just haven't leveled up mentally. Right. So just, you know, start finding paths, go down, get punched hard, get punched again, get punched again, but punched again. And eventually when that punch comes, you're going to learn to move your fucking head. Right. And you're going to learn to duke and juke and, and, and get out of the fucking way. But guess what? The first time you, you juke, you're like, yes, I missed it. And my first going to hit you with an uppercut. Right. And you just got to keep fucking moving and moving and moving and moving because uh, look, we get one shot on this fucking rock. We get one shot on this fucking place. You better start betting on you because nobody fucking else is going to. Actually, the world as a whole is looking at you hoping you fail because it validates their existence. If that motherfucker could be on top of the world, win all those awards, medals, do all those fucking things, if he can't do it, it can't be done. Right? It makes them feel good when y'all fucking fail. When you athletes have done so many great things in life, it makes them feel good because misery likes fucking company. Fuck that. You aren't built like they're built. You're built to achieve, accomplish, and go fucking big. So do it. But where do you think that mentality comes from, Donnie? Do you, do you put it down to nurture or nature then, in your opinion? Oof, that's a million-dollar loaded-ass question. <laughs> So I am very much the guy that says there are some things that are in your DNA, but I think everything is learned, right? Um, uh, there are, are mindsets and things that, that, I mean, look, if a kid is born into money, they usually have a better concept of money, right? Doesn't mean they're good with money. They just have a better concept of money. 
but in the same token, a kid that never had money growing up whatsoever could be a fucking billionaire, right? Just because they have a desire to learn money. So I, I think that it has more to do with one's self-esteem, willingness to bet on themselves or, or I don't know. I, I really think it comes back more to people are more concerned about what other people think. I mean, take, take somebody who, who was on top of the world and now they're pushing a fucking broom in a, in a retail store. Just for example, that person pushing a broom, if they don't have the mindset that they're not pushing a broom, they're helping build this company as an empire. They're not that, you know, it's it was the famous bricklayer said, I'm not laying bricks. I'm building a castle. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's that, that perception of themselves becomes everything because we'll put it this way. Just because somebody achieved greatness in sports doesn't mean they had a great self-perception. It just means they found something they can be disciplined at enough to learn the game. You know, so it's it's like you take any athlete, excluding somebody like Bo Jackson, you take almost any athlete out of their game and put them in another game, they're going to most likely going to be fucking competitive. But they're not going to be world class. They're not going to be the best and the best because they've got to learn that shit up. And they're going up against guys that have been practicing the same sport since they were two years old. Right? There are some phenoms that do cross that chasm. It can do multiple sports like that and be, be phenoms. But, you know, what the, most people aren't doing is, is embracing that they've got to learn shit. And, and I'll go by, I really, I think it comes back to, I find more people struggle with, I'll put it in a sales perspective. One of the number one reasons people fail in sales is because they're worried that the person they're sitting across from is going to think bad of them, right? They're, they're worried that the person across from is not going to think that they're a good person because they mentally themselves don't like salespeople, right? And afraid somebody's going to sell them something, right? So when they go to sell something, they think they're coming across as that other greaseball salesperson. It's the same thing for athletes when they walk off the field. They're known as that athlete. They're known as that certain individual and they're worried that people won't see them as that certain individual. So it's easier to not do something and stay out of the limelight versus go get punched in the face over and over again because I can hide behind that one trophy, if that makes sense. I got him thinking, guys. <laughs> you got I wouldn't go I go a bit further than that. <laughs> you got me stumped. <laughs> I but it comes down to this is is people have got to figure out what makes them work. When when you've done one sport, one profession for as many years as most of these elite athletes have, right? you know, and they've, they've gone, they've never looked internally. They didn't have to, they just excelled in this one thing and were able to move forward. So what you have to start doing is go fuck up because without that fuck up, without that challenge, without that learning something new, you flat out will not figure out what you're made of. You won't figure out what makes you work and unfortunately, without that challenge, you won't figure out the fuck you want to be when you grow up. And you're going to keep chasing your tail because you haven't tried enough new things to figure out what's fun. And what I find from, I mean, I hired a lot of freaking athletes from a sales perspective because if I could get them out of their own way, they would crush it because of that competitive nature. And if I could find that right thing for them to compete against, they would do really, really, really fucking well. 
But in the same token, a lot of those those athletes would get going and start discovering who the fuck they were and would freak them the hell out because they'd never explored themselves internally before. So it was a whole new learning thing. So, you know, I had to become almost a, a uh, counselor in a lot of situations for these people as they were trying to figure out how to get good in the game because of the things they were discovering about themselves. And it's interesting is the answer for everything is never externally. It's always internally. It's always mindsets. And if for, if in, as a mentor of mine told me once, you earn the exact amount of money you believe you, you should be earning and not a penny more. It's all mindset. Wealth is mindset. Success is mindset. Poverty is mindset. Everything is mindset. And unfortunately, most athletes have got these 18 to 30 years of singular programming. Now they got to go back to fucking peewee football and start learning it all again. But they forgot how to get punched in the face because at some point it became easy. At some point it became really, really simple and repetitious. There wasn't no thought. It was muscle memory. So you have to turn off the muscle memory and go back to the beginning. I, I really want to try and get more tactical because I, I feel like I'm talking a lot of theory, but, but you know, go try anything that sounds like it might be a tiniest bit fun and then go all in on it. If it sucks, change, go do something new. But what I tell most small business owners when, when they're starting to launch a company, what I tell most of them is pick one path, one project, one product, one service, one anything, and take it to $100,000. And then decide, is this something you enjoy doing? Because the learning in that moment to take that business to $100,000 will teach you more about yourself than anything else in this world can do. I spent 20 years in the sales game. And I thought I knew what a business owner was. I thought I knew who the fuck I was. And I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, it wasn't until I was six months in my business, looking at my wife, telling her, babe, we're going to lose our dream house, our farm, the second house I built on the, on the farm for my mother-in-law, our cars, we're going to lose it all because I don't know how to be a fucking business owner. And she... God love this woman, looked me right in the damn face and said, fuck her, go sell something. So I did. And we started climbing our fucking way out of this. But along this journey of building this business, I've had to do nothing but discover who the fuck I am. Because it's all on me. If I'm failing, that's on me. If I'm winning, that's on me. Right? And there's no one left to blame. When I was a sales guy, I could if I was in a sales slump, I could bet on a bad, you know, say blame it on a bad economy. You know, I could bet, blame it on a new vendor coming in town. I could blame it on all kinds of shit. But as a business owner, there's no one to fucking blame but you, right? So, so if you're struggling really and you you can't find the career path you want, you can't figure out what that move is, go start a fucking business. And I don't give a fuck what it is. If it sounds minutely, just a tiny bit fun, start it. If it fucking fails, cool, start another one, right? But go and, and take it to $100,000 because that journey, I promise you, will teach you more about yourself than anything you've ever done in your life. And you think you are a badass in sports? Fuck. Take a business to $100,000 and you'll do one of the rarest things in the world because most people who start a business never make it. And the reason being is they don't have the grit. They don't have the fight. But those athletes, man, you guys have been stacked up in situations where somebody said, there's no way in hell they're going to win. And you came out on fucking top. When you run a business, you got to have that grit 
that when everybody else wants to throw in the fucking towel and the world is telling you, you should shut every down thing down, close up shop and throw in a, give up is when you say, yeah, I'm still going. Cause that's what it takes to be a fucking entrepreneur is, is knowing every day the entire world is betting against you, right? The entire world is thinking you're not going to do this. That's the only way to fall. That's how I figured out who I was and what I was made of. But that was as tactical as I could get. <laughs> so. But coming back to that, that analogy you used with the NFL, Donnie, in terms of, to use your case in point, in terms of the grit that tenacity athletes have, why do you think the majority of the players come from, obviously, down in the dumps, be it the worst of the worst? They can't get any worse than they are. Is it, does it so, come to, to, to having that extreme? That no. there, is, there is nothing lower than that, so everything else is kind of upwards. Yeah, I think so. I, I A wise man told me, and I don't remember who it was, but once upon a time said, I'll take 20 farmers defending their household versus a thousand people trying to take it. And for me, that always summed up my life that I want somebody who's had to claw and fight their way for it their entire life, right? Because if they've clawed and fought for it, then then that's where the grit and gumption comes for. They've got a little bit more than the average person they're sitting next to. The one thing we've seen time and time again is you can take the person out the trailer park, but you can't take the trailer park out the person. <laughs> right. And I, and I tell this to my military guys all the time when I talk to them, I'm like, look, if you were an asshole before you went in the military, just cause you went in the military doesn't mean you're not still a fucking asshole. Right. You know, and I think privilege kicks a lot of people's ass because, because I've done this, I should automatically be able to do this, you know, type thing. So the most successful sales guys that I've seen that come from the sport realm are the guys who came from the blue collar lifestyle, the poor side of the tracks, the, the rough, you know, lifestyle that, that, you know, life wasn't handed to them. They had to fight for it. And, and here's the truth. This is another great cliche saying, but it's the truth. Winners win. If you are a true winner and you're one of the best in the world, then you'll win again. You just got to put yourself back in the game, right? I mean, and most people have put themselves back in the game. You know, uh, it's like watching somebody that came from nothing build an empire and then give their kids everything. Those kids usually become spoiled brats because they didn't learn that gumption and fight. It's that same kind of thought process is the minute you forget what the fight is, you stop fighting. And when you stop fighting, you forget how to win. And when you forget how to win, you quit moving. So you've got to put yourself back in the game to go win. Well, if I'm brutally honest with everybody here, I can, I can, I can testify to that. I've probably forgotten. I'm using this, the, the thought process that we, I talked to you off air in terms of not seeing the disability as adversity. I need to go back and actually visit that. Well, yes, that is a hurdle you have to overcome. You have to overcome it every single day you get up. So why not use that as motivation to keep driving you forward? So, cause obviously everybody is not me. And use it as a, I won't say negative, use it as a positive driver to kind of give me the kick up the ass. Yeah. And it's a smart move. And, you know, what we talked about off the air was a little bit, I mean, is people don't know the fight you've been through. Right. So, so by sharing that story, people were already inquisitive because two things. When you see an amputee of some sort, you always have a million thoughts run through your head, right? 
how that happened? What did they do? Was it a car wreck? Was it military? You know, or did they have a disease? You know, you, you think all these crazy things about them, right? When you make it okay for them, which sounds fucked up, because you should never have to make your life okay for somebody else, right? Let me clarify that. But when you do and you share that story, how it's not been something that held you back, but actually something that propelled you forward, man, there's power behind that. Because, because people then go, well, fuck, I got both my legs. I got both my arms. You know, I got both my ears, eyeballs, whatever. And they start going, fuck, they can do it with one of or none of, right? Whatever. Then, then I've got no fucking excuse. And, and that's a story. Go ahead. And in terms of, and to probably kind of go on from that, I think it's a great question somebody asked on a Facebook group. What are you thankful for your disability? And I kind of thought to myself, well, okay, if it wasn't, and, and people had their own stories, I said, well, okay, is it coming from a different perspective? But if it wasn't for my disability, I wouldn't have achieved what I had. And you go back, what, back 180 degrees and talk to me as a teenager, I wanted any, anything but being, not all the time, but be a right. worst case scenario. It'd be, why can't I have both legs and you get the story? Whereas I'm, I'm willing to be thankful and put it in a, a different perspective. Okay, for people, I think it was a group for uh, people with amputation, but that most people are newly acquired and they've got their own thought process. Well, what adversity am I likely to face? I'm going to elect for the surgery, whatever. Okay, here you go. Here's, here's a different one. If it wasn't for having been put into this predicament, okay, it's, it's probably not the right choice of words, but <laughs> I, I know where I'm going with it. Right. I wouldn't have achieved what would it have been about 19, 20 years later, what I was able to start on that journey and, and to look back on what I've achieved. Okay, downplay it most of the time. Uh, because I try and be reasonable uh, and trying to be uh, okay to certainly say it's humble, but like like you're saying, people Fuck like you're not a humble guy. I mean, that's not being a dick move, right? So, so hear hear me out on on on, on this because I I can't help but throw this in there. Is is so you've learned after many years later that you were able to achieve success because of this disability and able to achieve some really killer badass things. Okay. What you need to think about is how many people are dealing with something that's nowhere near as extreme as you went through and are going, I can't do X because of X. Right. They're using their, their race, their background, their, their language barrier, their how smart they are, their reading ability, their looks, their their introvertness, their their whatever, and they're saying literally right now, because of that, I will never be X. When now you get to look at the world and say, well, because I only had this, I was able to do this. I wouldn't have been able to do it otherwise. Why well, is it? I think I put it as a as a quote. Um, I think last week, in terms of the, the the actual Facebook post I'm talking to you, to talk to you about, in terms I put it as I I, I didn't see it. It could have it could be seen as adverse. I could have had a chip on my shoulder or an axe to grind, <laughs> which I kind of thought was I was kind of. Not messing around with words, but <laughs> I, I think it's playing on the fact. Be it people have those presumptions as they've interpreted language I have used, even as video content. You're thinking, I think somebody said, "Oh, you did have a chip on your shoulder." Yeah, yeah I do say I. I I'm not deb debating the fact that I said it, but I said it was a chip on my shoulder. I I I very much. I've probably got over it. I probably utilize it for me, but I won't put it on the outer. It, it, it probably that's osmosis effect that you talked about earlier in terms of 
that's what got me going. Well, let me use an external motivator to push me forward. And yeah. okay, it, it is very much self-centric in terms of the, the, the mentality athletes have, then it's internalized. I, 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 I'm going to push this button to kind of push me along. And at times, and periodically, you're going to come out of that and use your, your, your local rival, your, if we use team sports, you're out, you're in state rivals, things like that, as be it cotton fodder and, and, and be it, I'll, I'll use the term clickbait and, and be media stuff you can put on, on the board to, to, get the fire going and give you that extra boost because you're pissed off for, for be it whatever's been written. I think be it case in point, I think we were, if we go back to London 2012, we were fuming what was written in the, in the, in the press because they, um, the, they portrayed what the male, the men's team did, sorry, to what the women's did. It's like, no, no, they lost every game. We didn't lose every game. The positioning was the same, but we had two teams behind us. Okay, but that that is coming back to my case in point. That's that's the British media. It likes to book, pick you up, sporting media, I should say. And if you do particularly badly, okay, here you go. You can go in the trash. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, very much so. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it all comes down to whatever adversity or, or when somebody's been through, those are all part of your journey, man. They're, they're all part of the things that are going to propel you to where you want to go. You just happen to be in a very cool space that you can use what you've been through to teach others how they can get what they get through. And I think a lot of people, a lot of athletes should be doing a very similar thing, right? To using what they've been through either to propel themselves forward or others. I'm just a big guy, big proponent of, you know, teaching others how to get where they want to go by relaying your own experiences. You know, when I did sales, I was really good at teaching sales because of the big accomplishments, the big deals I did, you know, closing fortune 100 companies on multi-million dollar contracts and things, you know, so, so those were fun learnings, you know, along the, the, that, that ride so I could teach it. When I, you know, got into this game, it took me a while before I could start teaching because I didn't have the learnings on there. I hadn't fucked up enough. And the only things you actually teach in life is the shit you fucked up and learned from. You don't, I mean, otherwise you're teaching theory. And well, it's, been, when, it's been, and you'll probably agree with this, this, this sentiment now, taking the training wheels off. Yes, <laughs> it really it is. It really is. Yeah. Oh. But, but, you know, I think the biggest message for your audience is, is whatever you've been through really is your, your superpower. And, and if you will use that as fuel to ignite the fire to move forward, you'll accomplish so much more than you ever thought you could. Don't hide behind those accolades, successes, or whatever else. Don't let those be the best chapter of your book. Let those be just one of the chapters. You know, because if if I let my four years in the Marine Corps, two years selling HVAC, three years selling franchise sales, seven years selling fucking uh, commercial printing, and seven years selling, you know, sales training, if that was all my life, that sounds like a pretty fucking boring story. Yeah, there's some cool highlights along the way, national awards and you know, some cool audiences and things that I did, and honorable discharge and all that kind of stuff. There's some cool highlights. But fuck, if that's all the further my life went, what a wasted fucking story. When the highlight reel is really getting geared up and ramped up now. And and I really firmly believe that, yeah, I've done some cool things, but nothing in comparison for about what's about to unleash. You know, I really think, you know, I'm 42 fucking years old right now and life is really getting fucking ramped up. Life is really getting ready to rock. And it's because I put in the time I've put in the paces. I've gotten punched in the face really fucking hard. And guess what? God damn, I'm still here. 
right? And I think that's the answer for everybody is I need that guy and gal that was 18 years old fighting for that national championship, 20 years old fighting for that Olympic medal, fighting for that world championship, whatever. I need that person to show the fuck up and look at the world and literally say, hold my beer and watch this shit because it's about to get fucking real. And I promise you, everybody listening, if they will take and take one step forward towards whatever feels right, whatever gets their rocks off, whatever gets them jazzed up, if they'll take that one step forward, the universe is going to fucking open up and say, about goddamn time, let's run. And when that happens, hold on. And then just keep stepping. Don't get complacent. Don't plateau. Life never plateaus. It's either forwards or backwards. And keep stepping. And if you get to a point where life feels comfortable, you're actually moving backwards. Run. So my uh, my final question to you, should I say, Donnie, before we wrap up the episode, if you have to summarize what we've been speaking about today into one sentence for people to take away, what would that be? Bet on yourself. Nobody else in this world thinks you can do it. Nobody else in this world thinks you've got it in you. Fuck them. Go create it. Make it. Because at some point, and this isn't my phrase, but I fucking love it. At some point, the people that said you couldn't do it are the same people are going to come knocking when you create it. Fucking unleash. You're a badass. The world needs your badassery. Unleash it. Show it to them. Uncork it. And let's go blow some shit up. So once again, Donnie, thanks again for coming on the Mindset Athlete Podcast. Thanks, brother, man. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on here. Um, you know, Tell your listeners, if they want, go check out DonnieBobin.com. On my website, just click on free stuff. Dude, I got all kinds of free shit out there. I got books on how to get on podcasts. I've got uh, strength analysis, all kinds of stuff. And if they want, come hang out in my Facebook group. Just go to Facebook, type in Success Champions, Click on groups and we have conversations like this all the time in there. It should definitely come hang out. Oh, thanks again, Donnie. That, and it's been my absolute pleasure for having you on. Thanks, brother. If you like this episode, please do share it with your friends and do let Donnie and I know what you thought of the episode by tagging us over on Instagram at Donnie.boyven and at James O. Roberts 11. And again, you can do the same on Twitter and Facebook. And finally, do check out his website, donnyboyven.com. And as usual, do check out my free content at fitamputee.co.uk and click on the link, free resources. Make sure to check all those links out. They will be in the description. You can find all the show notes at mindsetgame.lipsum.com under the category general. So once again, Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next week for another episode of the Mindset Athlete Podcast.